I know the human being and fish can coexist peacefully. Vegetarian. Vegan. Yeah, well. Let's get it right. You used the word animals, but I suppose what you should have said is non-human animals. Welcome to another episode of Coexisting with Non-Human Animals. Happy World Vegan Day to everyone listening. The 1st of November each year is World Vegan Day. I think it's a great idea. I'm celebrating by wearing my Team Vegan shirt. Team Vegan is a great New Zealand group for vegans who enter into sports events. You can find more at teamvegan.net.nz I think World Vegan Day is a really great idea if it serves to promote veganism as a good way of life. I'm tired of the vegan stereotypes that many people have. Hopefully, as we celebrate World Vegan Day, we can show the world that vegans are not monks who spend every waking hour in a state of meditation, but that we are all regular, fun people. I'm going to play some favourite vegans and popular media clips. I would like to point out, I don't think that the average New Zealander would know what a vegan is. Vegetarian, yes, but not vegan. Veganism seems to be far more popular overseas, right now at least, than here in New Zealand. The point of these clips is to point out how vegans are referred to in the mainstream media, and after each clip, I hope to point out things that are wrong, or ways that we can change how we are portrayed. My first clip is of Glenn Beck, an American right-wing host, on Fox. Now, there's some news um, that you need to pay attention to, and all this week on Friday we're going to be covering this for a full hour. The run-up to the big UN climate change conference in Copenhagen in December could mean the end of U.S. sovereignty. Today, the Senate Environment and Public Works Committee holds a hearing on clean energy, jobs, and American Power Act. The president has toured his solar energy center. Again, get a nap in, Mr. President, before you deal with the war. And then this story comes from the U.K., Stop global warming by stop eating meat. If it sounds familiar, it's because the United Nations brought it up before. This time it comes from the UK's climate chief, Lord Stern Brentford. He told the Times of London, quote, meat is a wasteful use of water and creates a lot of greenhouse gases. It puts enormous pressure on the world's resources. A vegetarian diet is better. Good. Eat your carrot. I'm going to have a steak. Americans love our steaks, we love our chops, we love our burgers, and I ain't stopping. You'll throw me in jail. My last meal will be a giant steak. Are we going to stand for that? Are we going to put up with this? Well, you'd think not, but in Baltimore, Maryland, public schools have now started in the schools, no indoctrination here, Meatless Monday. No meat on the menu for 80,000 kids that they serve no meat. That way the students can, quote, eat and learn about healthy, environmentally friendly choices. School board did this in concert with a group called Meatless Monday, who say they are committed to cutting out meat one day a week for their health and the health of our planet. 
But back in England, where Lord Stern says over time people's attitudes will change towards eating meat, just like they have for other things, adding, I'm 61 now, and attitudes towards drinking and driving have changed radically since I was a student. People change their notion of what's responsible. Oh, he is right. We don't have blood pudding anymore either. As late as the 1970s, some people treated drunk driving like a sport. Think how much that has changed. Not just the laws, but the way people think about it. Socially unacceptable. How about fur? Furs used to be a sign that you made it. Thanks to celebrity posters uh, joining groups uh, like uh, PETA, um, attitudes have changed. People still wear fur, but now they're in danger of getting covered in red paint. I mean, who wants to do that? Don't change people's mind. Just scare them. But now we're talking about food choice as socially responsible. Celebrities from Paul McCartney to Pamela Anderson, they don't eat meat. Well, good for them. I'm going to have a steak. Personal choice means you can do what you want, but not at the expense of the planet. Yeah. That's actually why I'm siding with PETA on this one. Once again, asking Al Gore, I don't have a phone for you, but maybe you could call the White House and they can put the call through here. If you really want to save the planet, Al, why don't you put down the cheeseburgers and pick up your veggie burger? Time for maybe soy milk and tofurkey. No more delicious chocolate cookies. No, no, no. How about a nice bean thing that we can eat? That is, if you want to save the planet, Al, I've said before I disagree with PETA, but I respect PETA because they're the only ones that are not hypocrites on global warming. They say what they mean and mean what they say. I just happen to disagree with what they say, but hey, that's America. Except when it calls for Al Gore to eat tofu or someone to force me to eat it. What really scares me is the Times writes our Lord Stern said, quote, our successful, a successful deal in climate change conference in Copenhagen in December would lead to soaring costs for meat and other foods that generate large quantities of greenhouse gases. Wow. It's, I've heard something almost like that. What does that remind me of? Let me think, let me think, let me think. Under my plan uh, of a cap-and-trade system, electricity rates would necessarily skyrocket. Mm. Wow. How do you know who else I've heard that from? The same guy that the Senate confirmed, Cass Sunstein. Don't outlaw anything. Just make it so expensive that it's out of reach. Nudge it out of reach. And by the way, according to the Times, Lord Stern is not a vegetarian. Next, global warming alarmist versus that crazy thing, science. This is perhaps the worst kind of vegetarian or vegan bashing, to make out that vegans are unrealistic snobs who think they are better than everyone else. To throw a bunch of jokes at a bunch of straw vegans like Beck did, it's really annoying for me. I get that he likes to eat steak, but no vegan I know has tried to make meat illegal. We don't agree with animal products, yes, but I certainly don't go about killing people who eat steak. I don't know of anyone trying to force a law that sees people who eat meat being put on death row for murder. This idea of radical extreme vegans really needs to be changed. I blame a lot on PETA campaigns for this image, that we all picket and protest, that we throw fake blood at people wearing fur coats, that we put women in cages, etc. I'm a very reasonable person who just happens to be vegan. I'm not reasonable because or despite being vegan. Being vegan is one part of who I am. I'm not a 2D cartoon character, and I really get annoyed when vegans are portrayed as such. Something else from Beck. The idea that vegans have to suffer through awful food. 
Beck brings up Al Gore, who eats animal products. He mentions Al Gore would have to give up things that he loves. No more delicious chocolate cookies. No, no, no. How about a nice bean thing? Chocolate, as we all know, is most definitely vegan. When Beck mentions having to replace it with some bean thing, yeah, has he even a clue how chocolate is made? From cocoa beans. I like pointing out that most every substance people get addicted to just happens to be vegan. All hard drugs seem to come from plant sources. Alcohol comes from plant sources. Sugar from plant sources, coffee comes from beans, chocolate comes from beans. I don't drink alcohol, but it's not because I'm vegan and that I'm suddenly not allowed it. It's just I choose not to. The only time that chocolate wouldn't be vegan were if it had been watered down with cow's milk. The real thing is most definitely vegan. I was a little worried when I first were vegan because Cadbury's chocolate included milk. I wasn't sure if I'd be able to keep having chocolate. But a very well-known, in New Zealand, company, Whitaker's, has a lot of different chocolate that doesn't include milk, and it's the same price as any other mainstream chocolate bar. It's not like it has to be specially ordered. Whitaker's chocolate, that happens to be vegan, can be found anywhere in New Zealand. Climate change is a real thing. Of course the planet is changing all the time, and I'm sure that many things we do have an effect on the climate. If we can change the course of rivers, why wouldn't we be able to screw up how hot or cold the planet was as well? Even if you believe in a supreme being who keeps the world balanced, I think it's foolish to deliberately wreck the planet. It's the only one we have. But I'm not vegan because of concern for the environment. I'm vegan because I care about animals. It's an ethical choice I've made, just one of the many compelling reasons to be vegan. My second main clip is more light-hearted. It's from Grand Theft Auto 3. I have the game audio from all Grand Theft Auto games. I love listening in to the fake radio stations while I work. This main clip features a vegan martial artist. I'd love to have included more GTA clips about vegans, but many are really too upsetting to play here. All right, now joining us in the studio, we have a very special guest. His new book, Karate and Digestion, has been on the top 100 self-help books for the past three weeks. He is the founder of Now and Zen, Dojo and Organic Food Market in Trenton. His name is Reed Tucker. Welcome to Chatterbox, Reed. Why, thank you, Laszlo. It certainly is an honor to be here today. So tell me, Reed, where did you think of the idea of combining martial arts and organic food? I mean, I mean, it's kind of like putting ice cream on pizza. Both are great, but they really shouldn't be put together. Okay, Laszlo. Actually, it is nothing like ice cream with pizza. Ice cream is milk-based, as we all know, and I am lactose intolerant. And pizza, as you may know as well, is a sandwich derivative of Italian origins, but I won't go on. Martial arts are about discipline and physical empowerment, not watching football and eating junk food. You have to explore your mind and your digestive system, Laszlo. What you put in also comes out. <laughs> Especially corn. What's the story with that anyway? Laszlo, I'm deadly serious now. My mentor was a 430-year-old monk who showed me the way to enlightenment through carrot juice. Okay. If you have a question for Reed, we'll be taking calls in a little bit. I think we all went through a ninja period. You know, I had the Chinese stars and the nunchucks. This is not a period, Laszlo. This is a way of life. Thanks to a strict vegan diet, I had the power of nine men. After morning meditation and a three-bean salad, I could chop a bus in half. Sometimes 
I even frightened myself. <laughs> no offense, but you're kind of a scrawny, pasty dude. It, and it says on the inside cover of your book that you still live in your parents' basement. Okay, if, if not a basement, I prefer a center for spiritual enlightenment. In chapter 17 of my book, which I know you have read, I address the dangers of cynicism. Ladlow, a closed mind is like a closed fist, and karate means open hand. But it might as well mean open mind. If you like wheatgrass, I think you'll really like my book. Well, I'm not a masticating cow, so I really don't enjoy chewing damp hay and prancing around in leggings, shouting, Hiya! Okay, that though, I'm warning you this time, do not make me angry. It's bad for my karma, and it will definitely be bad for your karma. I studied the martial arts so I could stand up to bullies just like you, and I encourage everyone listening out there on Chatterbox to buy my book and learn how organic food and martial arts can help you too. <laughs> and I encourage anyone who needs a doorstop or a booster seat to buy it as well. Let's see who's on the phones. Laszlo, this is your final warning. Do not make me go into my dragon's dance. <laughs> Hello, caller. You are on the air. Hello, Reed. I bought your book. It really saved my life. Why, thank you. I wanted to ask about Chapter 29, Yoga, Not Yogurt. I just can't give up cheese. It's so wonderful. I've rejected chocolate milk and cat's butter out of my life. I've scooted around the house with my legs in behind my head for two days now. But my husband says I look like the chicken the exorcist. I even put all the dairy on the top shelf of the fridge so I couldn't reach it with my legs in behind my head and all. But I grow weak and start knocking things down with a broom. What can I do, Reed? Do not fret, my child. We are all weak. <laughs> you certainly are. Shut up, you carnivore. Why don't you go gnaw on a bone like a gorilla, Laszlo? Our ancestors didn't eat chicken wings. They lived at one with nature and their ecosystem, subsisting on a diet of nuts, berries, and leafy vegetables. Yes, and they threw stones at their own shadow and died of old age and fear at 24. Laszlo, the soul is eternal. But let me answer the question. When I'm in trouble or tempted by those all-you-can-eat breakfast buffets with huge pans of juicy bacon... Can we get some bacon in here? <sighs> Laszlo, I go back to basics. I start the day with a fruity beverage, some meditation, and six hours of yoga. The next, I go open up my shop, now and then, and drink two pints of hand-pressed potato juice. And who wants a steak after that? Okay, next caller, you are on Chatterbox with Reed Tucker. Yo, Reed, kung fu movies are dope. How can I learn to beat up ten guys at once? Okay, first things first, my man. You need to stop the negative thinking. And the best attack I've found is to just run away. That way you instill fear in your opponent. They never know when you might descend from the rafters like a bat. I don't want to hear about no tofu running away. I want to learn about being a ninja and kicking people's asses. Actually, I do cover this early on in the book in Chapter 45. It's called Stir Fry Your Prejudice. You see, I once thought like you before my master took me under his wing and taught me the joys of soy and origami. Concentration begins in the mind and spreads to all the extremities of the body. You must use the language of the body, not the tongue. And the language of the body begins with raw, uncooked, organic vegetables. Just look at me. I could tear a phone book in half with my bare toes. In fact, Laszlo, I could easily chop this desk in two half desks. This desk is made of two-inch thick composite wood pulp and has a mahogany veneer finish. It has three drawers, and knowing this station, it costs $100. In his own words, Reed Tucker is about to smash it into two half desks. Take it away, Reed. Ladies and gentlemen, I already visualized the desk in two half desks, and now I shall make it so. Dragon stance. Hey, yeah! Oh! Oh, oh Ladlo! Ladlo, I think I hurt my hand and my, my pinky's all bent the wrong way. Listen, Karate Kid, the desk is still in one piece. 
Thanks for coming on the show. Okay, Lazo, mockery will get you nowhere. I think I'm going to hit you now. Oh, I breathe easily. Don't throw any tofu or bean curds at me. Okay, very funny, Lazo. It's easy to make fun of me, but it's all the fault of the feng shui in here. It's downright disgraceful. Yes, it makes you talk like this. Okay, the listener lines are open. This is Chatterbox. You're on the air. Those are more of the generic vegan jabs. That we're all deathly thin, pale, and weak. That we practice some crazy diet. That we suffer just to feel better than everyone else. Again, nothing resembling the truth. How do we go about changing how we are seen? By events like World Vegan Day, of course. Let's be proud of being vegan. Let's show that we are nice people, no different to anyone else. I don't really want to be in some sort of vegan pride parade going down the main street of my rural city, but occasionally I wear a vegan shirt, and I talk about veganism with anyone who asks me what a vegan is. I think we do the animal rights movement a big favour by being reasonable, by being clear on what we believe and want, and being non-threatening. I've asked some friends to appear on my podcast. First, Sam Tucker sent me a clip. I think that World Vegan Day is a very important event, um, both to encourage people to go vegan and also to make veganism seem more normal. People have a lot of misconceptions uh, about vegans and World Vegan Day is one of the many days that uh, we can help break down those misconceptions. I'd also like to say that I think that every day should be World Vegan Day. Um, what I mean by that is uh, veganism should be something that uh, is always practiced and always uh, advocated and encouraged as something that is normal and not just some a radical extremist thing. I think it's very important to uh, break down those misconceptions that the general public has. Uh, World Vegan Day, I think, originally started, um, you know, to celebrate the beginning of the World Vegan Society, and that is certainly something worth celebrating. And I'm looking forward to the opening of the New Zealand Vegan Society, which uh, is happening today on World Vegan Day. Uh, you can learn more about that at vegansociety.co.nz. Sam hosts an animal rights radio show. You can find the blog and podcast at fftradio.wordpress.com. My second clip is from Elizabeth Collins of NZ Vegan Podcast. Hey, Jordan. Thanks for having me on your Coexisting with Non-Human Animals podcast. I love it. I just want to say happy World Vegan Day, everyone. And obviously for me, it's vegan day every day. But I do want to back up this celebration. This is definitely something I can get behind. Veganism is something that I do want to get behind. I agree with Jordan um, on this episode. He's talking about these sort of misconceptions and uh, misrepresentations of veganism in the media and a lot of the people who point out these hypocrisies are people who are anti-veganism as a, as a whole but it's sad that even somebody who doesn't even think about these issues can just immediately focus on hypocrisies such as um, Al Gore promoting um, his you know inconvenient truth and, and all these terrible things that are happening uh, to the planet and not actually even acknowledge that uh, animal consumption has a lot to do with it so it's really sad that they're given all this ammunition so we're all about breaking down that we're all about exposing the myths and the lies uh, what real veganism is real people who are really dedicated to 
the truth, the reason why to be vegan is um, because we take animal rights seriously. We live according to the belief that all of us share that it's wrong to inflict unnecessary pain, suffering and death on animals, that it's immoral to be speciesist. And it's just a matter of educating others. And we do have to deal with detrimental activities such as environmentalists who are not vegan or vegans who don't promote veganism or part-time veganism and all these things but that's what we're doing so I really really appreciate you doing this podcast you're making a lot of good points so anyway I just I'm really glad to be a part of it um I'm looking forward to your uh, contribution to my World Vegan Day podcast, which I will be releasing um, tomorrow. I'm going to go out there and do my stall on the streets tomorrow and promote World Vegan Day and veganism in general. Um, every day, like I say, every day is vegan day. But um, it is kind of nice to have this one day and we might as well make the most of it um, and see how much uh, publicity we can get, really good publicity from vegans who represent consistency and truth uh, like us so all I can say is if you're not vegan go vegan it's easy and it doesn't mean that you stop living in fact you live more I mean we can st we still we're just people you know just like you we just don't consume animal products it's that simple you don't have to go and live in a cave or not have any fun it's just opening your mind to a different way to looking at the earth it's actually a really it's actually it's actually an amazing sort of way to live because you really take yourself seriously and what you do seriously you realize that everything that you do has an impact and you sort of live with more awareness and at the same time you can just do everything else that you used to do you just do it with more awareness that's all you still eat delicious food you just do it with more awareness you still shop and go to the mall or go whatever you do you just do it with more awareness you still um, go to concerts and and have fun and you know it does not about stop living in fact for me it's about living more and it's not about being some kind of hippie guru you know, it's just, it's ridiculous, these stereotypes. It's really infuriating. But um, that's why I'm out there in the streets, so people can look at me and say, well, you don't fit the stereotype. Everybody has um, the stereotype that hippies from the 1960s in Woodstock are vegan. Most of them weren't vegan, you know. They were just hippies, that's all. So please don't associate it with hippiness. Um, it's not true. There were There were a lot of hippies who were vegetarian and who promoted peace, but there were a lot of hippies who weren't, a huge amount. They promoted peace, but they were just as confused as the rest of us, promoting peace while eating violence. So let's let's bust these myths apart, Jordan. We can do it. All right. Happy World Vegan Day, everyone. Thank you, Jordan. And thanks for everything that you're doing. I fully support you. Bye. You can find NZ Vegan Podcast at nzveganpodcast.blogspot.com. I think it's really important that vegans use creative education to spread the word of veganism. World Vegan Day is a great example. It's not difficult for vegans to wear a vegan t-shirt on the 1st of November. It really doesn't cost anything. I know of creative vegans who nicely painted slogans onto regular t-shirts. That costs essentially nothing to do. Paint or a marker pen costs very little and has an impact on everyone who sees you wearing your newly made vegan shirt. After my outro, I'd like to play audio from a video I recently saw online. It's called Just Different and can be found on YouTube. I'll include a link in my show notes 
which can be seen in the lyrics section as you play back this episode, or on my blog, coexistingwithnonhumananimals.blogspot.com. Let's all be proud of being vegan. Today, the 1st of November, is our special day. As an atheist vegan, it's personally more important to me than Christmas. Let's do all we can to spread the practice of veganism creatively. Thank you for listening. You can find the script for this episode, as well as downloads for every episode of Coexisting with Non-Human Animals, at coexistingwithnonhumananimals.blogspot.com. If you want to contact me, even just to say you listened, send an email to jwontdart at gmail.com. jwontdart at gmail.com. I'd appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Away from the notion of animals as things, and toward the moral personhood of animals. The choice is ours. If you're not vegan, go vegan. It's easy. It's better for you. It's certainly better for the planet. And most importantly, it's the morally right thing to do. I never thought about it until someone asked me. The question itself wasn't a life-changing question, but is the tip of a life-changing iceberg. I never knew that such a casual remark could change so much of me. Now that I think about it, the signs were there all along. It's almost crazy that I didn't see them sooner. I loved him. He was my best friend. I would never think of hurting him. And, and yet, how did I persist so long living like that, hurting others like him? It's not in me to be full of malice. I'm a caring guy, and I know that. No, I wasn't actually part of the process, but when you pay someone to do it, it's pretty much the same thing, isn't it? I would never hurt them, never cause them harm for a reason as small as their pleasure. There's simply no need to, and I know that, and yet somehow I did cause them harm. For years I did, and I didn't think twice about it. Perhaps I didn't think about it, because there was nothing to think about. No one had mentioned it to me. I probably would have never entertained a thought of discussing such a topic. The reality is so absent in our world. But I changed, and I realized that I was wrong. Wrong without even knowing that there was a question of right or wrong. I've realized now, it's not that they're better than us. And it's not that we're better than them. It's not a question of who's better. I don't think that even matters anymore. We're just different. We speak different languages. We live in different worlds. And it's not as if there's a conflict either. I don't know why I thought that way at first. Knowing this strengthens my resolve. My resolve that it is not right to be accused of someone simply because we can, or simply because it makes us feel good, or simply because we're different. And even though we're different, we are the same in the areas that matter. We can both cry out in pain. A laugh of joy. We both seek comfort and avoid discomfort. Just because we can talk and they can fly doesn't mean we are better. Just different. And they're so innocent. They have done no crime. 
didn't, they didn't ask to be brought into this world, and yet here they are, completely innocent, and yet so hated. But I'm not supporting that anymore. I realized I wouldn't do it to him, and now I'm over my moral confusion. I'm over pretending that because I'm stronger or smarter, that that gives me a reason to use or abuse others. I'm not describing our relationships with other worlds or other existences. I'm talking about other inhabitants of planet Earth, other beings who exist with us, caught together in the web of life. These animals have done nothing wrong, and yet they're so vilified. Remember that life-changing iceberg? Well, I uncovered the whole thing, and it turned out to be a life-changing and life-saving iceberg. Each day, I choose to save a life, simply through what I eat. I would never think of eating him, so why would I eat another of his kind? We are not better than them. It doesn't even matter anymore. We're just different.